0: Last weekend here on Media Watch, we looked at how the courts and the justice system had been under increased media scrutiny in a special series by RNZ called Is This Justice? and more broadly by the Open Justice Project, which is run by NZME and publicly funded to deploy 15 reporters around the country specifically to cover courts and tribunals. And next week, there'll be more. A new TV series on Prime called A Question of Justice, examining four major justice issues. When Grace Mullane was murdered in an Auckland hotel room, her right to privacy died with her. Details of her sex life were read out in court, while Jesse Kempson, the man accused of killing her, got name suppression for the next two years.
1: All her intimate details are out there in the interest of ensuring that the killer gets a fair trial.
0: Was that fair? And later this month in TVNZ's Tuesday night documentary New Zealand slot, former police detective Tim McKinnell investigates how white collar crime is often unreported and unpunished, but young people are getting locked into cycles of poverty and crime. Locking up the needy but letting off the greedy, as the doco puts it, it's called crime, need versus greed. Greed has no upper limit. He built trust. He was building for when he could take down the towers. While society and the media fixate on gang crimes, ram raids and other forms of street crime, white collar criminals have been robbing us blind. We've seen a 91% increase in scam incidents. Costs estimate half a billion dollars. More than a million dollars a day. A staggering $750 million a year. Five to seven billion category. We're losing billions of dollars a year to crime driven by greed.
1: Most of the time, it's all
0: gone. The police aren't on the 27th floor checking in about embezzlement and insider trading. I worry that we're locking up the needy and ignoring the greedy. It's much easier to go after people for benefit fraud or for shoplifting. White collar crime often is very complicated. White collar crime boys, they don't lose much. Now, back in May, Media Watch's Hayden Donnell looked at how headlines were sparked by a spike in ram raids, painting a picture of youth crime at crisis levels, though the crime stats didn't seem to back that up. Well, now the ram raids and robberies are still in the news, along with headlines highlighting the youth of some involved. But now there are some fresh figures on that, and as Hayden Donnell now reports, also some reporters willing to put
1: it in context. Last week, the New Zealand Herald carried a headline that might have come as a surprise to its regular readers. Despite ram-raid rhetoric, youth crime is dropping year on year. The story by Rick Stevens, a journalist for the publicly funded Open Justice Project, points to statistics showing 1,300 young people aged 10 to 17 had charges finalised against them in court in the year to June 30, compared to 1,500 the previous year. Over the longer term, the picture is even more stark. About 5,000 young people went before the courts in 2007, before those numbers went into a long-term decline. These figures would appear to jar with other headlines from the Herald, including this one.
0: Youth crime spike. Unused fingerprint evidence enabling hundreds of young criminals. Or this one. Auckland Youth Crime Wave. New government
1: package launched in response. The presence of a youth crime spike or wave has been taken as a given by many media outlets. One News has also reported a youth crime wave. While News Hub has spoken about rampant youth crime in the North Island and on RNZ, Nationals' Mark Mitchell has raised the spectre of a tsunami of youth crime. These stories have at least some grounding in reality. Youth crime has gone up in Auckland, and ram raids in particular have spiked. Police Minister Chris Hipkins says 129 raids have been committed by offenders with a median age of 15 since May. National's Justice spokesman Paul Goldsmith has flatly rejected the relatively rosy recent youth crime stats, citing what, quote, everyone is seeing on the ground, which is admittedly a pretty flimsy statistical method, while Justice Minister Kiritapu Allen says COVID lockdowns may have had an impact on the figures. At the very least, though, the headlines asserting a youth crime spike aren't backed up by the hard data we currently have available. The stats don't show a spike in youth crime, let alone a wave, swell, or tsunami. In fact, outside of a highly visible headline-generating type of crime, they show the opposite. And it's a credit to Stevens that he has brought to light the ways current reporting may be distorting people's picture of what's actually going on. Perhaps the company that publishes his work could augment some of its headlines accordingly. Stevens isn't the only journalist presenting a perspective that has so far been missing in many of the stories on youth crime. In a new documentary for Today FM titled Behind the Raids, Children at the Wheel, Wilhelmina Shrimpton talks to two teenagers who have carried out ram raids, one 13 and the other 15 years old. Both teenagers explained the allure of ram raiding, with one telling Shrimpton he was taken away from his family by Oranga Tamariki and fell in with a group of young people that carried out smash and grabs as he tried to escape a foster home where he didn't feel like he belonged. While much of the media rhetoric in recent months has focused on calls for tough justice to be doled out to lawless youths, Shrimpton gives the teens themselves space to say what they think would fix their situation. Here's the 15-year-old named in the documentary as Toby. I wish wish someone like me would help, like, if I was their man. Like, I wish they would help me when I was on the struggles, when I was struggling to, like, through all of this
0: stuff. So you wish you had someone like you to support you?
1: You're hard because they they would know you, eh? they know how you are. That call for empathy is something of a running theme. This is youth justice lawyer Harvina Sherrington pleading for understanding from audiences who may otherwise only encounter these young people in confronting security camera footage of ram raids being carried out. Kiwis who are watching the news, Kiwis who
0: have no idea about these kids' backgrounds, no idea about what drives them to do this, what would you like them to know and understand about their offending before they're so quick to judge. The challenges that these young people face are often things that we could not comprehend. And that they are making those choices on the basis of those challenges.
1: The doco is a reminder that beneath the headlines about crime waves and tsunamis are real people with real problems, but also hopes for their lives just like anyone else. Here's 13-year-old Cam talking about what he wants to be when he's older. I want to be a doctor when I'm, when I'm over. You want to be...? Help, a... I want to help people.
0: You want to help people? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I
1: don't, want to, I don't want to be the person getting my leg cut off. I want to be the person that's helping them, helping them with his leg.
0: Do you think if you didn't turn your life around, you could have been that other person getting yeah. your leg cut off? A little bit. You don't want to be that. You want to be the one helping them, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Wanna be the one
1: changing their life? Oh, I really wanna be a mechanical builder. Yeah. Build people's houses or fix their cars, and well, that's what I would wanna do.
0: So you wanna help people?
1: Help people, yeah. This humanising approach seems to soften some people's opinions about how we should respond to these teenagers' actions. One business owner whose shop has been ram-rated multiple times responds like this after being shown a video of one of the teens apologising for his actions.
0: The fact that he said sorry and wanted to say sorry to, to, to the businesses he'd ram-rated, do you, do you believe that?
1: See, as a society, we, we have to please You never know what happens tomorrow, but if a person says he he has realised he did something wrong and he says sorry and he wants to improve, I feel we should give him a chance. He isn't the only one whose mind has been changed. This is Shrimpton herself being interviewed by Today FM morning host Tova O'Brien.
0: I think the one thing I want, from this is I, I really hope this has the power to change people's opinions. I changed my opinion, change opinion, change policy, change Oranga automatically and ultimately I really hope that it changes the course of these kids' lives and their futures. I really, really, really hope it does, and I just implore people to, to watch because, like I said, my view has completely changed. We want to see those kids become the mechanics and the doctors that they That, that they, they want to off. be, 100%.
1: It's worth getting an accurate picture of our youth crime stats, but as it turns out, there's nothing that changes your perspective like hearing from some of the people behind the numbers.